Hi, this is Christine Dean, Senior Director of SMI, and I want to welcome you to SMI's Conversations with Podcast. Today's podcast features a conversation between Eric Trich, Vice President, Supply Chain and Logistics at UChicago Medicine, and Robert Rajalingam, President of U.S. Medical Products and Distribution for Cardinal Health. Eric and Robert talk about the change in care settings and partner relationships. They talk about innovation, diversity and inclusion, and also mentorship. So please join me now as we listen to Eric and Robert in our Conversations with podcast. Hey, Robert, it's uh, great to talk to you today and um, appreciate you being a part of the SMI Conversations with uh, podcast here. And, you know, one of the things I love about SMI is how they bring together providers and membership uh, and, and, you know, manufacturers and providers and suppliers and in different ways and different forms. So, you know, typically uh, I'm, I'm getting questions from others. And so it's fun to be able to ask you some questions and get to know a bit about more about you and, and, you know, your history with Cardinal. So um, let's go ahead and and start with maybe uh, sharing a bit of your background and and telling us how you became uh, president of U.S. Medical Products and Distribution with Cardinal. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. Uh, Appreciate the opportunity and thanks for taking the time. I I know how busy you are, so uh, appreciate it. In terms of, you know, getting into this space, you know, I've always been interested in healthcare and business and, you know, even going back to my undergrad days, I you know, I majored in biomedical engineering economics and kind of combining those two things. So, um, you know, from right out of school, right, started as an engineer designing pacemakers and uh, defibrillators at Medtronic and was there for over 15 years in a number of roles, whether it was R&D, product portfolio management, uh, business development, product marketing, sales marketing, those types of things. Uh, I was always drawn to the customer and, and how what I was doing impacted them. So, um, you know, progressed through different roles and organizations. And then really it was about four years ago, Cardinal reached out and had an opportunity to lead their enterprise uh, corporate accounts, which at Cardinal, that means, as you're aware, the medical and the pharmaceutical side of the business. So, you know, I'd, I'd partnered with or competed with Cardinal for the prior, what, 15 to 18 years, something like that. And so, um, joined, joined Cardinal then. And, and really over the last year, actually right before the pandemic, it was, I think, no, uh, November of 2019, I took over um, leading U.S. sales, uh, president of that organization. And then just really this summer, um, stepped into my current role leading, you know, U.S. Uh, products and distribution. Great. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a an interesting time to be, you know, taking on more and additional responsibilities at a, at a large organization that plays such a, a critical role in, in the pandemic that, that Cardinal does. So, um, you know, as, as your role is, has grown into, you know, what is now a, a pretty broad role across um, Cardinal Health and a demanding role, you know, how, how do you, how do you balance that with, you know, family and, and personal life and demand? Yeah, but, uh, if you have a good answer for that, you know, I'm all ears for sure. But um, I think it, it starts with, uh, you know, for me, clear vision that allows me to prioritize, right? Vision for the business and, and prioritization. I think where I focus my time, it's it's staying disciplined with time management and, and you know, where I choose to spend it. I, what I find is 
right? If I don't choose where I spend my time in a calendar is a good, you know, our outlook calendar, or whatever calendar we use is a good window into our priorities. And if I don't manage that, I'm sure you see the same thing, then it gets managed for me and all my time gets, gets taken up. So I'm, I'm really intentional about managing where I spend my time. Um, I would say also just empowering and trusting my team. That's something I've really had to, I think, develop in over the last, you know, five years and, and really over the last couple of years, fortunate to have a really strong team. And so sometimes my tendency is to want to do all things, uh, but, but learning to really trust and empower uh, my team they know the vision I have. They know the objectives that we set. Um, you know, my job is make sure they have the resources to do their job, remove obstacles, and then um, and then finally, I think it's, you know, uh, you know, I have three three little ones at home, so uh, married with three kids, seven, five, and two. So they kind of demand my attention when I'm home. So that's um, it, it's actually a good kind of mental reset for me every every weekend and, and uh, you know every evening when I'm not traveling. So. Uh, between that and just trying to keep a regular routine of, you know, um, physical activity and things like that, um, that's that's helped us through kind of the the craziness of the last couple of years. Yeah, thanks. No, I'm right there with you with three little ones and and finding that you know there were times throughout all of this where it's like you you could certainly work 24/7, but the the mental clarity and things that, you know, when you stop and take a break and get some exercise in and things, I mean, that you can sort of see it and feel it to stay sharp and be at your best. So it is, it's an interesting challenge for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, shifting a little bit to, you know, COVID and, and the impact it's had, you know, certainly it's changed a, a number of aspects in healthcare delivery and in, in the healthcare system. Can you share a bit about what you're seeing as far as maybe care setting shifts in, in areas of innovation coming out of the pandemic here? Yeah, we're certainly seeing that. I mean, earlier this year, we we partnered with um, Beckers and, and did a, a survey of some of the leading health system executives, you know, like yourself to see what trends are they seeing. And there were a few things that, that came out that I think are really still relevant. Um, certainly the shift of delivery from hospitals to other settings was already in place prior to COVID. And I think COVID just accelerated that shift, right? Into more virtual telemedicine, ASCs and so forth. Um, so we're seeing that, we're seeing certainly the influence on health system supply chains and inventory management, right? Something you and I and, and others certainly talk a lot about. Um, I think we've seen an elevation in the role of supply chain leaders, really being accountable and, and having a seat around the, kind of C-suite table, right, at, at different health systems, where in some cases that wasn't always the case. Uh, it, it is now a, a vital cog in that that um, kind of leadership um, matrix for, for health systems. And so, you know, in terms of innovation, you know, there's a lot of different ways that, that we found to partner. I think one I would highlight is around some of the recent stockpiling requirements that have been rolled out, whether it's by various states, uh, but but also even at a federal level. So uh, requiring COVID-19 supplies, PPE and, and other related supplies. And, you know, some that is now law in, in many states and a lot of health systems and smaller offices, you know, don't really have a, a blueprint or a roadmap of how to do that. So we created um, kind of a viral pandemic blueprint to help them identify how much they need to stockpile. And then beyond that, 
you know, helping them stockpile, right? An interesting stat that we've shared before is, you know, a, a major urban health system that, that has, call it 5,000 beds, uh, needs, you know, 3,700 pallets, needs about 50,000 square feet of warehouse space for a 90-day supply of what they need. And, and for reference, that's that's roughly the size of a, you know, a, a football stadium, right? An NFL stadium. So that's, um, that's significant. And so that's something that, you know, we've rolled out some solutions to help there and partner with, uh, with our customers in that. Absolutely. Yep. No, it's, uh, it's hit us all a little bit different and some are better suited to handle it than others. And, you know, leveraging partners um, has been key, <clears throat> you know, shifting to back to sort of the impact uh, the pandemics had on, on you and your leadership as what I, what I hope is a once in a lifetime experience here. Um, has the pandemic changed you as a leader in any way? Yeah, I think it, it certainly has. It's probably hard for something this um, extreme to not, not change us or evolve us in some way. I think uh, one is, for me, it's seeing uh, disruption even more as an opportunity for improvement or transformation, right, from a business perspective. But that's probably true even for us from a personal perspective. But I think, you know, business-wise, right, there's definitely disruption, but there's more than we've ever seen in our careers. And so thinking about how can we use that with a opportunity mindset, right? What can we do to really, um, really get the best out of it, uh, make the most of it? I think the other one I think about is authenticity as a leader and, and ability to inspire and how we show up, right? The, the pandemics caused all of us to, I would say to reassess, right? Priorities of where we spend our time, how we spend it, who we spend it with. And, um, and that's true for our employees, for our talent. And so making sure that, and we know right now, I know, you know, uh, whether it's nursing staff uh, for you guys at Chicago or for our distribution center workers, we have significant rates of turnover and retention is a challenge. And so making sure that from a leadership and a culture perspective, uh, we're making sure we're creating an environment in uh, a, a culture that is conducive to uh, them bringing their best. So that's probably the biggest one. You know, we had our our CEO mentioned a letter he got from a board member, and it, it talked about you know managers um, light a fire underneath their people, and leaders light a fire within their people. And so that's that's I, I love that quote. That's something you know we're certainly trying to um, instill within our team. Yeah, I like that. No, it, it you know certainly resonates for me around you know, the, the burnout and the challenges on so many fronts for staff of how to remain enthusiastic and motivated about, you know, solutions in the future and not overwhelmed by the challenges. So uh, appreciate that. How about, um, you know, as far as your Salesforce goes, have they been able to get back into a lot of in-person meetings and, you know, how's that, how's that adaptation been going for you? Yeah, we measure that pretty specifically. I think, um, you know, a lot of our employees are still remote, but, uh, you know, broadly, but our customer facing teams, specifically our sales teams, uh, they're absolutely um, empowered and enabled to get back in front of customers. And we're seeing that at different rates, generally speaking, you know, our teams that are selling some of the more clinician um, dependent or, or hands-on type of products, right, where in-servicing is really needed and critically valued. Um, they're at, you know, at almost a two thirds to three 75% rate of being back with customers. 
so it's, so it's pretty high. It's that was a peak this summer, and then it started to come down a little bit with some of the Delta variant restrictions put in place. So um, all of our sales employees are vaccinated, right? Following the procedures at each facility, of course. Um, and so it's it's going well. I mean, I, I I know I can speak for myself in in terms of it's nice to get back to that sense of normalcy, right? We're all in some sense um, trapped in our our little box sometimes where we're not able to. Uh, engage as much. And so for me, getting out and seeing customers has been a highlight of, you know, early, early this year and being able to do that. So it's something that it's great to be able to do via Zoom as a placeholder for relationships. Like, you know, you and I have met in person a number of times. And so you can pick up where we left off when we're on Zoom, but but building new relationships is so much harder when we can't be in person. So it's great that our teams can do that again. Yep. No, absolutely. I mean, we talk about the just the the intensity of you know teleporting from one meeting right into the next with Zoom versus having some of that downtime, some of that chat time to get your thoughts together or talk about things off off the the subject list is something we try and work on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shift to maybe around uh, you know a topic less specific to the pandemic, but um, you know an important topic. Cardinal has a, has a long history around focusing on diversity and inclusion. Um, can you talk a bit about why, why that's uh, been a focus for Cardinal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, um, you know, it was something that I became aware of and, and was one of the reasons, Candle, I was excited about joining the company, you know, uh, four years ago. And for me, it's, um, it creates that, that awareness and exposure, education, uh, sometimes create, you know, pushes you into an uncomfortable space, but, but a necessary one uh, to really uh, create growth. And so Cardinal Health, and I credit Mike Kaufman, our CEO, a lot for this, really fosters an environment where, where that can happen. Um, and, you know, we know that diversity and inclusion, whether it's race, gender, um, any other dimension, right, it creates just better experiences. And, you know, I always tell folks internally as well at, at Cardinal, um, it's not only the right thing to do, it's, it's just smart business, right? Our I believe our most important asset at the company is our talent and our, whether it's our salespeople, right? Our distribution center workers, uh, people in customer service, back office functions, whatever it might be, when they feel encouraged and confident in bringing hundred percent of themselves to work every day, we get their best ideas, right? Their, their innovation, their best contributions. And so um, Mike and Ola, our head of HR, um, laid out uh, a vision, right? A 2030 vision for representation goals. We publicly shared those earlier this, uh, I believe, summer fall timeframe. And it talks about the, and it publicly states, you know, here's the targets we want to get to for gender representation, ethnic representation in, in management. And so um, it's it's great to see that. And actually, we've, we've got a lot of great feedback in terms of talent, um, you know, wanting to join the company and, and talent at the company that's inspired by that. So, um, so it's, it's really important. Like I said, it's not only the right thing to do, but I think it can become a competitive advantage for us. That's great. No, I, you know, I'm excited about that and about opportunities we have with organizations like Cardinal to, to continue to look at, you know, and invest where we certainly serve a, a, you know, a diverse community in the South side of Chicago and, you know, how we can partner with, um, key suppliers of ours to really, you know, invest in those communities and health and well-being of the communities as part of the total healthcare landscape. So exciting stuff. Um, I, I also understand you're a sponsor of, of uh, the Asian Pacific American Network. 
um, group, resource group at Cardinal House, as, long, as well as an executive sponsor of your Emerge um, Rotational Leadership Program. Can you talk a, a little bit about your involvement in those and, and why mentorship is an important topic for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to, to learn from incredible mentors and, and leaders throughout my career, um, especially early on in my own professional development. I had the actually unique experience when I was you know, um, in undergrad to be a student manager of the, the Duke basketball team with Coach K in the 90s. And, you know, now he's in his kicking off his final season. So got to kind of see the impact of just in, in um, kind of influence of being around a great leader like that. And so um, for me, you know, if I briefly on Emerge, right, that's um, it's a really prestigious and selective um, internal development program at Cardinal Hall for some of our young professionals. Um, they go through a, you know, three uh, 12-month uh, rotations in different parts of the company, different functions, and it's really about developing a well-rounded pipeline of, of leaders, and it's not only a talent um, recruitment strategy, but it's a great retention and development program, and we've seen some of those, uh, you know, graduates go on to some great things within the company, and then with APAN, as you mentioned, the Asian Pacific American Network that I I sponsor. That's a group near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I had mentors uh, growing up uh, professionally who I really learned from. And sometimes you need to see a leader in a role who um, has similar experiences to you, maybe looks like you, whatever it might be, where you can build some confidence and a vision and aspiration of what you want to be able to do. And, you know, I have to tell you, Eric, even over the last two years, you know, in, the, in this country, we've experienced some pretty unbelievable and, and tragic instances of, you know, discrimination and, and hate towards various ethnic groups. And I have to tell you, APAN within Cardinal has been a group that's really showed resiliency, uh, compassion, uh, and a sense of, you know, mission to advance and raise awareness of Asian cultures uh, and also business opportunities, right, in leveraging Asian talent. So, um, both of those groups are ones I'm, I'm really proud to, to be a part of and, and help round out, you know, some of what I'm doing at Colonel Hall. No, that's great. Yeah, you know, similarly internally have continued to try and focus and learn and, and grow quite a bit through, you know, participating in resource groups and in some mentorship programs. So great to hear that. And I think we've got some eMERGE graduates that support us today. So great to continue to hear the support for that program. Um, you know, in terms of, of partnerships and, you know, maybe, you know, what the, what the perfect partnership might be when you think about uh, partnerships and things that, you know, SMI facilitates here between industry partners and, and providers, what, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, you know, I think every partnership's unique and there's different elements. Uh, I, I definitely think great partnership has been highlighted through the pandemic. I mean, it stresses, um, communication is really important. I think seamless communication, uh, frequent communication, um, just in time when it's needed, right? Um, I, th I think that's important. I think uh, shared vision of success is really important in a partnership. I think that's something that early on or perhaps even prior to the pandemic, maybe those discussions didn't happen with the intensity and transparency that, that they do now. Um, and I think if, if we know as a, a supplier and a distributor uh, what you or any health system's goals are for success, we can really create shared objectives and manage our teams to achieve that. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've got 
and Cardinal Health was kind of our breadth and scale as a products company and as a distributor and with supply chain expertise and, and different solutions. I think those are great opportunities, right? As, as long as those discussions are happening to really create those, those great partnerships. So we're certainly excited about that and types of discussions we, we wanna be having. Great. No, I, I feel that way as well. And, you know, continue to be excited about, you know, what, what might be born out of, out of this pandemic in terms of new innovative ideas and partnerships. So, uh, Robert, thank you so much for the time today. You know, great information. Good to, good to learn a little bit more about you and, and share that information with our members. And um, hope everyone on the team at Cardinal Health continues to be safe and look forward to hopefully seeing you in person again here soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. I want to thank you very much for tuning in to our Conversations with podcast. And I also want to thank Eric Trich from UChicago Medicine and Robert Rajalingam from Cardinal Health. And I want to wish you all well and hope you join us for our next Conversations with podcast. Take care.